that loud. <clears throat> hey there, I'm Dr. Mitzi Hood. Welcome to the 15-Minute Rev. I hope you guys are having a great Monday, Tuesday as we get the week going. <laughs> I just got off watching. Have, have y'all ever seen that influencer on TikTok named Peter who, who eats all these really, really just nasty food? <laughs> and it's absolutely hilariously funny. I was watching him eat this this hot, hot, hot chip that has, I think, like ghost peppers on it and stuff like that. And in my head, I'm thinking, is he is he crazy? Is this guy nuts? I mean, but I was laughing my rear off. <clears throat> that was a funny, 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 funny. Probably not too smart to uh, do it on here right before I get on. But I don't care. You know, it's just all in fun. But he's funny. Go check him out. Anyway, Dr. Melissa Hood here. I'm uh, getting ready to read to you and uh, talk to you about the 15-Minute Rev. Before I get started, I want to talk to you about what we've got coming up. Let me see if I can get this to show up. Shoot, man. Let me see if I can drop it in because it's not. There you go. But we're going to be having Brett J. Starling on next week, uh, September 7th at uh, 7 p.m. CST. And he's going to be talking to us about... um, the Renaissance, Renaissance America. And so I'm really, really excited to see what God is going to be saying through him. And so if you want to watch that, come check us out. We'll be having him as a guest next week. Let me see if I can get this up here. I'm taking it off my screen. Hang on one second. Remove. Yeah. No, I don't want to take away that one. I want to take away this one. Yeah, that's it. So we're taking that one away. <clears throat> it let me. And it's doing that. Shoot, man. Let me see if it does that. There it goes. Maybe. Hang on one second. Let me see if I can get that off like that. Shoot, man. There it goes. So then, I want to also tell you that we're also going to be uh, putting out where our new book is coming out. And shoot, I put the wrong one up there too. Let me put the right one in here because I want you to see we got uh, Jack Sacco to write our forward for us for our new book that's coming out. Peggy and I are putting out our new book. Uh, it's in publishing right now, just a conversation away. You're going to want to check that out. It's about going through the hurts of life. And if you don't know anything about Jack Sacco, Jack Sacco is an award-winning writer, a composer, a director. And he wrote a, a book about his dad's experience in World War II about coming into Dachau and he wrote the book called when where birds don't sing and it's it's a award-winning um went to number one so he's won tons of awards for all of his work but he's a multi-talented artist so you're going to want to check him out as well check out his book but he wrote our forward for this book just so you know but we're really excited to get it out to you it's going to be talking to you how to walk through the hurts of life so we're excited to get that to you and so <clears throat> over to you and what's happening in your world besides my friend on TikTok. I keep thinking of this guy. It makes me laugh my rear off because he's so funny. And maybe I needed that because of the topic I'm fixing to talk to you about. Because the topic matter today is pretty intense. And so anyway, let me get serious here for a second. If I can keep my mind off that TikTok video because it makes me laugh. Oh my gosh. My mom's like, why do you keep watching it? And I said, I just can't believe the guy did it. I mean, the first time, just to tell you, not to get off track. Have And what makes this even funnier is that my family is Swedish. So we understand the nastiness of what he ate. 
But have you ever eaten those Swedish fish? And I'm not talking about the candy. I'm talking about the Swedish fish. I think they're, they're not uh, sardines. They're herring. It's herring in a can. And, and they're nasty. They're the nastiest thing on the planet. They're rancid. They smell like rotted. They, they are rotting in a can of water. But the Swedes eat them as a delicacy. And I'm like, I don't even do that. And I'm Swedish. So this guy eats those things on there. You have to go check them out on TikTok. I laughed until my stomach hurt. It was so funny. <laughs> this is so gross. I can't believe these people would do this. So anyway, okay. On to you. What's going on in your world? <clears throat> um, supposedly, there are new variants of COVID coming out. C-O-V-I-D. C-O-V-I-D. And, you know, I didn't believe it until our neighbors came home the other night, Friday night, a week early from an Alaskan cruise for having been diagnosed with it. So it appears to be true. It appears to be actually happening right now in our world. So you need to be taking the necessary precautions not to get this one. And let me tell you why this is important. Um, because before I found that out, the Holy Spirit started talking to me. <clears throat> and the Lord told me that if if anybody around you gets this new variant, stay away from them. Stay, Try to stay away if you can. Because this variant is very, very different from the rest. And it's harder to get rid of. It's harder to get healed from. And that's because this variant adapts itself to fight off any meds taken. <clears throat> and I believe it was perf- purposely met or made that way. Um, it's a biowarfare weapon. And so they, they want to hurt us. And so be very careful as we go into uh, the holiday season and making sure you're taking good care of yourself. Because right now, if you haven't noticed, the enemy is desperate to stay afloat. <clears throat> And I'm really, really proud of the intercessors, the true bride right now around the world who uh, is learning to fight and battle these people as we're learning how to take back our country by learning to take down their ley lines, pardon me, their macro micro spells. And so just a heads up to you as we're going forward, if you want to keep moving forward, start commanding all word weapons from those not aligned with the true king's decree. Write this down. What is the true king's decree? It's sitting at God's feet to see what he has to say about a thing. It's also going to be contingent upon your level of authority. If you're below somebody in the spirit, you're not going to have authority over them. So you might as well just, you need to learn hierarchy. It's a, it's a, uh, you need to learn about honor. You're going to have to learn how God does things because God is activating the spiritual laws on these new levels as we come up closer to him. And we've just entered in again to these new spiritual laws. We've gone a step higher as of three days ago. So anyway, so start commanding all the word weapons from those not aligned with speaking the true king's decree, um, especially the occult <clears throat> and their words, spells, and magic to fall to the ground. And this also includes fivefold ministers. You know, God says, I poured my spirit out on all flesh. So... Just because you have fivefold giftings doesn't mean God has told you to speak a thing or pray a thing. So we have a lot of people uh, with God's spirit that's been poured out for him to use for your spiritual giftings on your vessel, only for him to use. who are using their giftings outside of God's will. And they're using them for manipulative purposes. And God's saying, I'm coming to clean up the house. 
And you can get judged for using things that I are saying things that God doesn't speak. So this is a new place we now find ourselves standing in. Hey, Joyce, it's good to see you, man. So <clears throat> Lamentations 3, 37 through 38. I keep thinking about that guy. I'm so, I have to keep a straight face. I'm so sorry. I got to keep my mind off that. So <clears throat> if you don't keep your atmosphere clear, what's happening um, right now, the reason why God is teaching us how to fight and tear down all these things is because the enemy and the occult have been clouding up as well as these fivefold giftings and these fivefold voices, mainly the fivefold voices have been clouding up our airways with a lot of gunk, a lot of spiritual junk. And so <clears throat> it's up to us to learn how to battle it and to take it all down. We have to take it all down in order for our prayers to go up. If you're a part of the obedient bride, you got to move these things out of the way so your prayers can come inside. So that's what they're trying to stop by placing macro micro spells over you, over regions. It's it's uh, started through <clears throat> word weapons, uh, magic spells, laws, codified. They're codified, layered, structured, written, spoken, frontwards or backwards. You need to collapse these things, nullify these things. Even within uh, courtroom arguments, things like that in the spirit, a lot of people are abusing the courts of heaven. So you're going to have to take these things down and learn how to tear down uh, word weapons against you used within judgments, rulings, verdicts, edicts, bonds, writs, appeals, amendments, accusations, um, motions, orders, or pleadings. Um, pardon me. Because do you realize these people are abusing even the courtrooms of heaven? These fivefold ministers or these fivefold voices. When they have no more authority to be your judge, your jury, uh, your king, priest, or, or queen, if it's an evil queen, Balaam's prophet, uh, judge, or counsel. They're, they're, they have no more authority or ability to be your authority than the man of the moon. The only judge, if you read it in the book of Job, where the Lord tells Job, I have this one charge against you. I, he, not you, not me, God has this one charge against those that he charges. And that's when we break spiritual laws and refuse to repent and change or be changed. And so he's the only judge. God is the true king, the true priest, and he's the true prophet in the land. And so only the king's decree by attaining what the Lord has to say about a thing will help us to stay free. So clean out your atmospheres uh, to where the true prayers of the true bride can move into the throne room of God. And it'll also force <clears throat> those opposing God to get their butts into deliverance ministry and get cleaned up once their prayers stop being answered. So I don't know about you, but um, God just told me this morning again that he's now moving his faithful few, the true bride, into a higher position as of three days ago, a higher spiritual position. We're moving up even higher now. So th it's time to start taking God. At his word, God, God has a reason for why he does things and, and commands us to do things. And it's for our own safety. He's doing it to move us into a safer spiritual atmosphere so that he can bless us and, and move us into where we should have been. But before he does that, <clears throat> he's got to do some house cleaning. So what these people forget, these people who refuse to go with us or they thought that they knew more than God is they've now become a part of the fake church. And so now to me, the fake church is stuck in a lurch because they're stuck around lying spirits. 
And so what I'm experiencing too, and I'm just shooting straight with you about these things is because these are a lot of really, really dysfunctional people to me. And if there's dysfunctional as the world, because they've gotten caught up in the spirits on the world. Remember if you, if I didn't, if you didn't listen to me and haven't been listening to me, um, the occult sent out demonic entities around uh, the the body of Christ back in 2000. It started opening up demonic portals to release demonic entities around us to where we would get caught up and have our courts torn down. And so their main objective is to uh, pollute us, pollute our Christian walk, and pollute our ability to interrelate with a holy God. That was their main objective because God can't dwell where sin is. And the, your spirit... God's a spirit, the devil's a spirit. The spirit that you submit to is the spirit that flows through you. Well, it's supposed to be just be you and God. So now we've got all these critters. People have all these critters in and out their courts spiritually, and they're being influenced by them in their thinking and in their actions. And so they're refusing to get cleaned up, thinking that, oh, I'm fine. You're fine. I'm, I'm with a whole group of people in our church. We're all fine, but you're all screwed up. All of you together is a big whole unit are messed up in a big bundle of dysfunction heading towards the doors of uh, the message on your doors being written a Zikabot on your doors. And so <clears throat> this is serious where the Lord is trying to uh, remove us from. He's trying to get us out of this, this lurch or this place of being influenced by the demonic. <clears throat> so you have to test the spirit. You have to test the spirit. And, Keep your mouth off people because I don't think these people realize as well that God is paying attention to these things in this hour. He is. He's watching the church. He's watching and trying to let us see who is who. So he's allowing us to see. And I think this is the hardest part, too, for the body is that we're a lot of us are having a hard time. I did um, believing that we were really hearing God about a few things until we started seeing the actions of these people towards us and seeing their heart conditions. And so you find out real quick where someone's heart is at by what they pray, by what they say, by what they do or don't do. And so that's how God is differentiating who is who in this hour. But they're already getting in God's crosshairs for their foolishness. And they don't think the last 3.5 years have mattered in their disobedience. So this is why they're losing firepower. Because they keep doing what they want to do instead of what God's been telling them to do. And so hence, the enemy has been coming after people telling the truth about them and about the differentiating how to tell the true bride who's who from within. Hope this all makes sense to you. <clears throat> so, what's even cooler though, and, and I had something really interesting happen to me this morning, which I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting it at all, but the Lord started he woke me up talking to me about Esther and Bathsheba. Esther and Bathsheba. And do you know what he told me? And I'm not going to go into sexual conversations, but I do want to point this out because it does tie in to our conversation this morning. The title, by the way, just so I just drop this in here, it's called Drop Your Moral Superiority Leaders and Keeping the Cow in the Barn and then the Humpty Dumpties. And I thought, wow, what a title, what a mouthful. And, and let me just tell you, with regard to truth right now, God's bringing truth into the room. He's exposing people who refuse to walk in all truth. And so what he was talking to me about uh, with Esther and Bathsheba 
he brought them to my mind and I immediately asked him what that meant. And the Lord said this, <clears throat> he said, because both women had sex outside of marriage because of two kings abusing their authority. And they had no other choice but to obey their authority head. You ever thought about that? I've never thought about that until that was revealed to me this morning. And let me tell you where this is going. This is what the Lord said. He said, because I'm now dealing with abusive authority heads in the church. Because it's these types that place my sheep into a lurch or a bad position. And then have the audacity to judge them for the horrible positions they've placed in and around them. <clears throat> if you know anything about Esther and Bathsheba, obviously you know about Bathsheba's circumstances. She was married. She had an adulterous relationship with King David. But she was minding her own business. Maybe she shouldn't have been bathing outside of the king's window. But she was. Regardless of that, David should have had discipline. He actually should have been at war. Well, instead, he got caught up in his own weaknesses and sent in for Bathsheba. We know the story behind that. She got pregnant by the king. He then had her husband murdered because of having committed adultery, and his sin was about to find him out. <clears throat> then we have Esther. He was brought in as a concubine a year before to be prepared to be... Uh, <clears throat> shown to the king, presented to the king. He was an unbeliever, by the way. This king was an unbeliever. David was a believer, but this king was an unbeliever. And I thought, wow, this is so interesting, God. And he said, and I'm going to get in, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me go back to this. He said, <clears throat> the Lord said, I'm tired of my sheep being placed into a bad position. And then these leaders having the audacity to judge these sheep for the horrible positions they've placed in them into. It's called the double standard, the do as I say and not as I do standard, but not a standard of this king. That's the Lord. It's called moral superiority, where leaders have been using their positions to manipulate the good sheep for money, sex, child abuse, yes, pedophilia, <clears throat> adultery, taking advantage of spiritual children who trust them as leaders in and around them. So the Lord said, yes, you've abused that trust because of your lust for power, Humpty Dumpty. And many of you are about to have a great fall, says the Lord, to where all the king's horses and all the king's men will not be able to put you back together again, whether you are a male or female leader. You better listen. Hence, this is why God is bringing in the true saints from outside of the church. <clears throat> because these hearts know and have stayed true to the true nobility, the honor, and the integrity, which wasn't polluted by the spirit of religion or man's ways. And it's actually on all seven mountains now. So they're bringing in, God's bringing in his true bride now. People who really have hearts to abide in him. And they're looking for the truth. People like this are looking for the truth. They're looking for the goodness of God again. And they're looking for leaders who will depict that within. But we're not seeing that. Because the church has gotten so polluted, has gotten so polluted with man's ways, with what is the spirit of religion. And, and I heard a, a prophet speak it, which I never heard anybody speak on this, about the abuse of honor. I'm a big one on honor, by the way. I was raised by a military dad who 
was a yes sir, no sir type of person. I was raised to say that and be respectful to my elders. So I believe in that. But I believe with this prophet, I have to agree with him because it has gone overboard where we see the honor, 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 honor thing where you're so afraid to do anything around them <clears throat> because of fearful of being wrong or being called out or whatever they want to manipulate you within, whatever with. It's an abuse of power. It's an abuse of power. And it doesn't mean we're getting, supposed to get into sloppy agape. It means that God's saying, clean it up. Clean it up. Because the place that I'm noticing about this level, this, this thing I'm noticing about this new level we're stepping into spiritually, and I think that the bride is going to be really, really shocked when she comes inside. And the ones that do are allowed to. And then they realize, well, gosh, God loved me just like I was right where I was. And he just hadn't cleaned me up yet. And all these stupid rules, these fake honor rules, and these this this fake, these unrealistic expectations because of people stuck underneath the spirit of religion. It's going to be eye-opening to some. Or they're going to be like, oh my God, I wasted so much time. I was harder on myself than God was. Yes, most likely you are. Most people are. Because they don't have identity in the king to know uh, what he's truly saying and how to discern the truth from a lie. And so you're going by what man says instead of by the true king's decree. Start learning to go to the king about your questions about a thing and quit relying on some of these leaders. I mean, if you have a great leader, that's one thing, one with honor and integrity, but everybody thinks that they're okay because they sit under some of these people for years on end. And the problem is, is not the whole house is polluted. And so nobody knows the difference anymore. How do I know that? It's happened to my own family. They've sat underneath the polluted leader who is married to a Jezebel. They're all Jezebels, actually. So Jezebel fills that house now, and it's at the head. God said not to tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. <clears throat> not to tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. He specifically told us that because of its ability to pollute the body. What happens at the head trickles down like the oil of the beard of Aaron. So what these people have done in these church bodies now by letting Jezebel in at its head, I'm not getting off topic, but they've allowed this demon in to rule the roost, to rule the roost through manipulation and control. That is not honor. That is not honor. Because when you have true nobility and, and true goodness and pureness, the truth in a place of leadership, these people have integrity and they're not going to be manipulated or told what to do by anyone but what the king says. And they recognize this demon in and around it. They do. And if, and if it rears, I mean, it, it, can, it can be subtly in and around us because <clears throat> I think everybody <laughs> has something that they need to get delivered from. But when it starts affecting the headship of a body, then we've got a problem. We've got a problem because no sheep in the body, for one, uh, you shouldn't be telling leaders what to do. But for two, unless that leader's out of line, then you've got a protocol to follow. And you need to probably include mentors too. But you need to be asking God to expose a thing, expose a thing. Because in this hour, he most certainly is. He's exposing. So I, I get it. It's a catch-22 in some situations. It is. It gets convoluted real quick because you don't want to put your mouth on people. And I get it that I'm telling you not to put your mouth on people. Yes, I mean that. But in some of these circumstances, no, you need to speak up. 
If, if you've been noticing behaviors, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you've been noticing behaviors that are inconsistent with what God says is good, pure, and lovely, and you just think, well, just because of this person, I've, I, they're a big name, or they're this, or they're that. Who cares? Their name is not above the name of all names. God says, speak it out. I'm going to back you. Speak it out. Make sure you've got clout, but speak it out. <clears throat> Which brings me to this next statement about talking about the South. Because if you know anything about the true apostles, they all came from the boat docks. Y'all know that? You hear me say y'all? Hit, hit you with a little Southern terminology. They did. They came from the boat docks, though. They were crass. Peter cussed like a sailor. We've heard that a million times. He did. Even up until the time he we went home to be with the Lord, he cussed here and there. That's what I've, I've read about. And so, but this is this place that God is bringing us back to in him. It's forcing us for one to look at our sin, but it's also forcing us into true authenticity. It's forcing us into true intimacy with the Lord. Authenticity and intimacy. Being okay with yourself when you know you have stuff that needs to be cleaned up, but you're trying your best. You're, you're participating. You're going to church. You're participating in the process. <clears throat> but before I get started on this, I want to introduce you to some Southern terms that we use in the South to get strong points across before I get into my topic matter, because I don't want you thinking I'm getting into explicit sexual content. Not at all. I'm I'm just uh, pointing out a fact that I've even experienced in the church. But have you ever heard the uh, <clears throat> the old saying, "If you can't keep your cow in the barn, then you've got a discipline and integrity problem. You got to keep your cow in the barn." You know where I'm going with that, meaning that you don't sleep around, you don't do things outside of marriage. You keep your cow in the barn. You practice discipline. You practice your walk. You don't just talk a talk. Or the, the old adage that says, why would you want to buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? <clears throat> you ever heard of that one? When girls sleep around? Because if that is the case, then you too struggle with discipline and integrity, hard issues, because people who think and behave like this usually need deliverance. I was once caught up in that too, so I'm not judging. I was just in a wild lifestyle. And so I'd fit right in with these folks if... If, you know, when I came into Jesus, I'd fit right in. Kind of like the apostles at the boat docks. Did you know they participated in some of this stuff? Some of them were, I know, a lot of you are like, what? No, they were just tax collectors. No, they did things in the flesh. They were caught up in things in the flesh until Jesus cleaned them up. We had a cusser. <clears throat> we had a people who stole money from people. We don't know exactly what they did, but we know they were unsavory people. Let me just use some terms that make the church feel comfortable before we get into this unsavory topic. Because I think the church is, is, is starting to have to wake up to the reality that they're not as holy as they think that they are. And actually what God's trying to do is he's trying to bring more into intimacy with him, but they won't get real with him long enough <clears throat> to admit their sin. And so he's like, okay, then I'm going to get up in your face and I'm going to start dealing with you in a way that will embarrass you because a lot of you refuse to deal with you. So if you 
came to Jesus, <clears throat> if you were one of these folks like the apostles on the boat docks, and you met him on the boat docks, grass or not, he was going to be washing you in those waters that you used to pull your boat up alongside. He's going to be washing you and throwing you in the water. He's going to be cleaning you up. That's his protocol. If you say you're his. Then you're going to go swimming to get cleaned up so you can begin to sup with the king of kings and do things his way instead of your selfish, non-cleaned up way. That's the conversation we're having today. God is tired of people saying, oh, I'm God's, I'm God's. But then you go back and you act just like the Herods or <clears throat> who else is in the Bible is just as brass as could be the Judas. Go back and act like Judas, thinking God's not paying attention. You might as well just go hang yourself from a tree. That's terrible to say. But you're hanging yourself anyway when you choose to break spiritual laws and do things your way. Sincerely. So just like Esther and Bathsheba, who fell prey to being victims of their circumstance because of the culture of that day, we live in a culture today even that's not they're easily led astray in the church or not. We live in a culture that's demanding its own way. They're demanding to be all you can be and be your own God. And they want to, you can be whatever you feel like. You can be a brick tomorrow if you feel like. Nobody has identity. They're all into the LBGTQ stuff and, and nobody seems to know who they are. Well, if, if you are open to anything, then you're going to fall prey to anything. You have to stand up for what you believe in. But Esther and Bathsheba each had to pray that the kings who took advantage of them, either as a concubine or through adultery, would do the right thing by them. Did you ever think about that? I've never thought about that before. I wondered if that was on their mind. Like, oh gosh, especially Esther. Esther was Jewish. Did you ever think about that? Her uncle sent her in. <laughs> oh, do this, do this. But he had a he had a motive in mind. He was trying to help his people. So she was already uh she was already in danger because of being Jewish at that point. Nobody knew she was Jewish. But each one of them had broken the law, so to speak, if you're living by the law. So surely, you know, if if they were Christian, Oh, no, now I can't be the king's wife. Now he's not going to want me at all. Oh, no, the king is not going to want me at all. If you've gotten caught up in adultery, if you've gotten caught up in sleeping, or if you can't keep your cow in the barn. I hope you can by now. So, you ever had to deal with a leader like that? And if you know anything about the background of these two stories, each king actually did do the right thing. One was of God and the other was not. But one did it. Well, I'm not going to say either one did it rightly. They didn't do it rightly. Either one did it rightly. Because of Esther being used as a concubine before being married and made queen. And then Bathsheba uh, getting pregnant and then her husband being murdered and then he marries her. So they did what was right, but they just did it their own way. So you think your ways are okay, but they're not okay before a holy God. And, and I don't think God is so picky that 
I mean, he does have a standard, yes, but he understands your fleshly. He understands our fleshliness, but at some point we have to practice godliness. We have to, if we're who we say. You're going to start attaining discipline, and you're going to, and it's more than just sex. It's not about sex. It's about discipline all the way around. I'm going to get into some of these issues here in a second. But have you ever had to deal with a leader like that or deal with a person in the the church like that, in the world like that? Those who refuse to do the right thing by God. They do what's right in their own eyes because it makes them feel better. And God's like, okay, you're in my crosshairs now. God's got his eyes on you. So what's so fascinating is that the unbelieving king who Esther wound up marrying did obey the Lord while David had to be reprimanded by God to the point that David lost a child because of his sin. So you see, it does cost you when you don't enter in. It does cost you when you continue to do things your way because even a king disobeyed and had to pay. I'm not trying to rhyme. It's just coming out that way. So this new place that we're entering into I believe it's not our place to be toying around with power because you don't know who's who in God's kingdom. Hence, you need to keep your mouth off everyone. If God didn't tell you to speak a thing, keep your mouth shut. If you can't say something nice, be quiet. Even you prophets, especially you prophets. If God is not speaking, you don't speak. You need to be practicing these things. And it's funny, if you meet me in public, I talk a lot on here. I don't say very much when I'm with other people. I observe. I'm always an observant personality. And I don't know why. I just, I guess people fascinate me. But I'm just, I let other people converse. And I really, I like to talk about the, I like to talk about the gospel. I like to talk about, you know, things that God is doing. But other than that, I'm pretty quiet. Believe it or not. I talk to our leadership now. I have to converse. They probably get sick of hearing me talk to them. But it's because I know your words have power. And I know that God is not taking kindly in this hour to those speaking without his permission. So I think part of it is just practicing. Hey, Ida, practicing, uh, trying to stay observant and see what God says. But God is forcing the church to get cleaned up so she can get out of her rut and come up into heavenly places, which brings us to Job 31, 1 through 33, 33, the Jobies. I call them the Jobies. Have you ever been a Joby before? The Jobies. You could have started a band with that group. But it's actually depicting in this part of the conversation, the part of the church or the, the obedient leaders in this hour who are suffering at the hand of evil people. You ever suffered at the hand of evil people? And it's actually at this place in the story where Job confronts his fake friends in the church. It could be fake leadership or those stuck in moral superiority, acting like they're perfect people when there are none. There are none. And Job knew this. He knew it was a joke. These people were a joke. They were judging him for things that they did not know. And that was because Job knew he had done nothing wrong. But these people were so sure that Job was unrighteous. 
Yet he was the blessed one. I don't know about you. Did you know anything about Job's story? Job actually knew where he stood with God. And he knew he was okay with God. And he was about to get a double portion from God. So I would have had to have asked these friends, are, are you retarded or just stuck on your moral superiority, pretending like you're godly when your judgmental actions and words have spoken loudly about your heart condition? Ever been there? Ooh, let me repeat that. <clears throat> I would have had to ask them, do you realize that your judgmental words, actions, prayers, have spoken loudly about your heart condition? You're telling off on yourself. You're exposing yourself. Not to me. It doesn't matter what Melissa Hood thinks. But it definitely matters what he sees. See, because when you start putting your mouth on people and you don't realize that God hasn't told you to speak or pray a thing, you haven't gotten the true king's decree, <clears throat> God says, now you've aroused me because I take unkindly to these things, especially because of the positioning of those hearts you're speaking about. You have no idea about the thing you're speaking about. <clears throat> And Job knew that God watched him and weighed him. And Job wasn't afraid to speak. That's what, Go read the passage yourself. It says these things. So Joby, I call him Joby, began to telling, he began telling these fake people off. He started setting them in their place because <clears throat> he had a clear conscience. And he knew if he were to stand before God, that God would not rebuke him. But he did want to understand why. These people were mistreating him. He wanted to know why. And, you know, I have to wonder if these thoughts ever went through Esther and Bathsheba's mind. I have to wonder. As Esther was standing up before the king and she's trying to get him to do the right thing. And she's trying to help save her people. And then you've got Bathsheba who's committing adultery with the king. <clears throat> and she's thinking, is he going to do right by me? And, and, and she has she has no say-so about her positioning. <clears throat> he saw her bathing in the water, so he summoned her. You can't disobey a king. <clears throat> Which is, thank you, Holy Spirit. Which is right in line with what a lot of leaders do in this day and time when they abuse their authority. And they know you trust them. They know you trust the Lord on their lives. And they say, well, God told me to do this. Well, who can argue with that? Who can argue with that? Unless you're not hearing God and you're just abusing what little bit of authority he's given to you, like David or this king did, by summoning Esther as a concubine. He basically made her into a prostitute. Did you realize that? She went against her Jewish custom. You weren't supposed to sleep with anybody until marriage. Now we know that Bathsheba... A lot of people haven't thought about this before. I didn't think about it until I had this revelation from the Lord last night. But even with Bathsheba, Bathsheba would have never spoke or, or slept with David had she not been summoned by him. She was married. Her husband was a valiant and a, 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 a valiant warrior. He was one of David's best warriors. She wasn't about to betray her covenant, but she couldn't betray her king because they could also have them punished or killed. <clears throat> so these are the things that we're seeing in the church now with leaders 
trying to have this do as I say and not as I do mentality. And God's like, you're in my crosshairs. You're in my crosshairs for abusing your authority. Hmm. 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 So Job had a clear conscience. And he knew that he wasn't operating in moral superiority. <clears throat> like these people had done to him, like these fake friends had done to him, or these fake leaders do to some of you who act like they come up pretending like they're God over your life. <clears throat> when in reality, if anybody knew what they were doing on the side, and some even say they're David's. Oh, you didn't expect me to say that, did you? I didn't expect to actually have that come up in my conversation either. And the Lord says, if they knew what I knew, they would be cast aside. Some of them are fixing to. It <clears throat> says, keep your mouth off people in this hour. Because you don't know who is who. And God knows which jobs have been true. God knows who's who. He's just showing you. He's separating out the wheat from the tares now. He's showing us who's the bride and who's the fake church now? We're all seeing it. We're seeing it. So be careful who you submit to. <clears throat> Guard your heart with all diligence. I was given a bracelet. Somebody sent me this great bracelet. And it says, let me see if I can read this. It says, uh, above all else, guard your heart for everything from it. Uh, everything you have flows through it. That's what it says. If I can read that quickly. It's such a small it's a really nice little <clears throat> thank you for whoever did that by the way but um all the issues flow from your heart the issues of life flow, flow from your heart and so you know do you do you really know yourself well because god certainly does he sees what you're doing behind the scenes and things that you refuse to acknowledge but the lord is saying I know who's who. I know who's who. Because these are the things that people don't, don't know about you, some of you. Let me read some of these things to you. Do you have eyes that watch lustfully? Or feet that move deceitfully? Have you coveted wealth or been proud of what you possess? Do you have compassion on enemies? <clears throat> Allowing God to lead your prayers? Or do your fleshly emotions get involved? I'm going to go through a few of these things with you. And these are some of the things that I've actually run into. Do you pray from a heart condition, that a heart condition behind the scenes, trying to take things away from people because you have a covetous jealousy issue? And you try to mask it behind your leadership issue. Oh, I'm so-and-so. Who gives a rat's rear? I don't care. God definitely doesn't care. If God hasn't given you a gift, he, the gifts are irrevocable, by the way. That includes our blessings. You can't take them away. So for those of you who have covetous issues and jealousy issues, always ma manipulating your way through life because that's the way you dealt with the world when you were out in the world and the Lord says, you brought them into my house. You had the audacity to bring this crap into my house. I'll kick you out like I did that den of thieves. Most of you are getting kicked out like that right now. So you've made up your mind, though, that you're God through moral superiority and have decided, some of you, because some of you have been demoted, 
And I'm not trying to flog a dead horse here. I'm just telling you what he said to me this morning. <clears throat> but he said, so some of you have decided that if you can't have it, neither can those that they belong to. Lord says, want to bet? Watch me bring them out and through. Because God is on the way, and you're in his crosshairs today. Let me go to the next item on my list. Do you as a leader, this is a biggie in the church, and I want, I cannot stress this enough right now. If you're doing this, you better clean it up. And let me tell you why. Because when I came out of getting my PhD, the first thing the Lord told me was to cite source people. And I didn't understand that until, until like the last week. And, and it's, it's an act of honor. Do you understand that? Cite sourcing other leaders, other leaders' revelational, uh, all their information. You cite source them so that you don't get into plagiarism. And act, acting like it's yours. You're taking ideas. You're taking information. It's not your idea. It's not your information. I got mine from my grandmother, Eunice. That was her mantle. <clears throat> it's irrevocable. But do you plagiarize? Stealing other leaders' revelation as if it's your own? When you know God has not called you to certain areas of the gospel? Instead of sight sourcing with honor, it's going to cost you in this hour. You understand that because you'll get cursed with the curse of dishonor. Deuteronomy 27, 16. These are things people are getting judged for as we hit these new spiritual levels. And I'm going to say, thank God. If this is what it takes to get people's attention, to get them into alignment, then so be it. So be it. But this is a biggie for me. This is a real biggie that I've seen in the church. This drives me up a wall. And it's because we don't have leaders anymore. And it's because of the, the poor conduct and the poor heart conditions of some that have really started to permeate the church. But are you one of these leaders that slinks up alongside of attractive singles, male or female, because you can't keep your cow in its barn? And when a single person doesn't know how to react or respond because they trust you as a leader, then do you manipulate the situation against them as if they were the problem? Is this you? I've seen this happen. I've actually had it happen to me. Because the Lord said, actually, the problem is you for being fearful of being found out. The Lord says, it's time. The Lord says, I'm, I'm drawing you out in this spirit right now. Which is, I'm putting my finger on a lot of you. Some of you are in homosexual uh, relationships when you're married, too. In the church, I just saw an apostle be struck down for that about seven or eight years ago. Big name. Big name. If I were to say their name, you'd know who it was. But these are things, and see, not everybody has been found out yet. But the truth is in the room. Because these are considered scummy behaviors or covert sin. So they are scummy. They're scummy behaviors. They show the heart condition within. Because they depict the dirtiness, the nastiness of the, de the devil himself. You've got devilish traits that you're refusing to get free from. And yet you have the audacity to judge me for telling you the truth about them. But I'm, I'm okay. God knows me. 
I'll be quick to repent and tell them, yeah, I used to do this when I was unhealed and un- and unsaved. This was my lifestyle at one point. No longer. I got. I, I jumped in the water. When I jumped in the water, I meant it. When I jumped in the water, I asked him to clean me off. So, in this hour, God's looking at the way we treat people. <clears throat> He's looking at the way we treat people, especially behind the scenes. He's watching and beginning to correct people harshly now, even to the point of judgment. Because he's doing house cleaning over the nation, but especially in the church. And so you need to be taking spiritual inventory and allowing God to look at you. I don't care who you are. If I were Job, I'd even do it too. I'm sure Job did it. I'm sure he did because he had so much of a holy reverence for the Lord. And that's something too. When when God uh, chastises me, and he does, God does chastise me because sometimes I can get, I can get with the testings that I go through, I can get a little rambunctious and God's like, Missy, dial it back. Yes, sir. I repent because I don't understand things all the time. <clears throat> And I don't, I don't understand, it, it, as a woman, it gets me kind of fearful. But when I have to deal with people like this that add to my stress, or dealing with people that act like hell, thinking that nobody's going to address it, God's saying, no, 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 not. Now you're in my crosshairs. You're in his crosshairs now. And I'm seeing him activate. Hey there, Angeline. He's, we're seeing God move on a dime right now. Moving. On a dime. So this brings us to 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 18. And this is actually interesting where God took me today, where it's talking about the troublemaker legalist. So we're dealing again with the fake church, and then we're dealing with the bride who's trying to come inside. And I know for a lot of people right now, you're probably on information overload with the national crisis and what we're going through and trying to figure out and Uh, where God's taking us. But God says, I want you to focus on me. Just focus on me and you, says the Lord. I've got all this other stuff around you. And if I need you to, I will have you pray. But other than that, you stay focused on me, says the Lord. I've got all the words you need today. So if you know anything about legalists, when a legalist has been shut down, all these demons do are just go to another town. Just kind of like they did in the town of Antioch. So they left and they went to Corinth. Now, if you know anything about these two churches, both churches were thriving. They were alive. They were churches being built and they were growing at breakneck speeds. And so we're, what we're seeing right now is the enemy come in through these demons on people <clears throat> and it's just a test you're going through. If you're a leader, an obedient leader going through this, God's saying, I need you to trust me. You're in a trust test right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's got us. In, if you're a sheep going through this, you're in a trust test right now. God's saying, I want you to believe me even when you can't see, when you don't feel like it's going to come out for you. The Lord says, because blessed is a man who's seen and believed, but even more blessed is the one who's never seen but still believes. That's called blind faith. When you go through and you're having to step into a new way and God has got you in this place where you feel like you're having everything in the kitchen sink thrown at you. 
all the demonic activity because the enemy is trying to keep the new from entering through. It sure is. It's just a test. It really is just a test. So the test then is all about how much you trust the king and what he says versus what others say about you or do to you. You know the difference. Do you know the difference between the true king's decree versus man's decree? Do y'all understand that? Man, man can decree the word all day long. <clears throat> Doesn't mean God's told him to say it. Okay, and You can go say, I have this need. I've got this prayer thing. I'm just going to go jump in the word. I'm not going to go see God. I'm just going to start praying the word because I know the word works. Yes, the word does work if you're aligned with God's will. But what if you're not? Because we see this happening with people that are single. And I'm not blaming the singles. We see it happening with people who, who see somebody else's uh, gifts and somebody else's house or land or whatever. And God hasn't any more given you that than the man of the moon. You cannot lay it. You cannot uh, name it and claim it. You can't do these things. It's witchcraft. You understand? You have to seek the true king's decree to see what God has to say about a thing. That is getting the true king's decree because God says, my word goes out and accomplishes that which it seeks to accomplish. It never returns back void. But guess what? Yours, if I didn't speak it, they'll fall to the ground. Lamentations 3, 30, 70, 38. So you don't get to just make yourself at home to other people's things, especially their person. Or their gifts, their callings, their stuff. He's cleaning the church up. And you may not like the message, but it's not going to change the truth. Only thing, the only place you're going to find you is in the judgment seat in front of judgment. If you don't, clean it up pretty PDQ. He's ready for you to come inside. But you, you're going to be stuck outside like the five virgins losing firepower if you don't get it cleaned up in this hour. He's trying to help you, some of you. So, if you're an obedient leader, though, did you really think the devil was just going to leave you alone? If you're an obedient sheep? Because for the obedient right now, we're catching the most heat. I can't believe all this is rhyming. Um, but because Satan never leaves the obedient alone because you're fruitful in the Lord. You're fruitful. And hence, the enemy of your soul knows this. You're a threat to him. And God's trying to bring you in through blind faith. Even though you feel like you've been on this way for a long time. God, this test has taken so long. I, am, I feel like I'm losing firepower. Not firepower. Uh, motivation is the better word. Motivation or focus. <clears throat> and Lord's like, no, you're spiritually exhausted. Your faith is tired. Ask me to strengthen. Isaiah 40, 31. And I'll strengthen you. When I'm weak, or Lord says, when you're weak, I'm strong. Lord says, I'm going to bring it on home now. I'm bringing it on home. So what we're seeing, and a lot of people have heard the prophets say these things, there's a turnaround happening. It's all turning around. It is. Not as fast as you would like it to be, or me. But God is trying to, uh, he's trying to ingrain some things within us. He's trying to get us to, Trust him in some areas. And so if in half the church, if you notice, the ones that are losing firepower, the ones they're losing their footing as well in this hour. Because they didn't keep new wine. They didn't keep new oil. They didn't do all these things. They did whatever they felt like doing. And the Lord's like, 
I gave you everything you needed that would bring you into the new. <clears throat> but you listen to you instead. And so new covenant ministries then are spirit-filled ministries and they're used to change hearts. They're also used to expose them. How? Because new covenant ministries have powerful five-fold giftings, hopefully clean. Usually they are. But law-filled ministries are only used to hide sin while allowing people to live in the hypocrisy from within. And so again, have you gotten cleaned up? Or did you jump in that water by your boat slip when you pulled your boat up alongside of Jesus where you first began? Did you ever intend to be changed? Did you ever intend on letting God uh, look within you and and try to transform you? Or did you just want to get fire insurance? Was that your only objective? This is getting serious now. God's showing us who's who. Who's just got fire insurance? And it's actually not even fire insurance anymore. We're calling them the fake church. They don't even know the king. They've fallen into the conversation of Lord, Lord. Hey, depart from me. I don't know you. I've never known you. You just showed up in church and planted your butt in one of my pews. That's what he's probably going to say to them. You planted. Your... I believe Jesus has these real conversations with people. So you don't know. God has emotions. And some of you may be in your holy moral superiority, maybe saying, oh, no, he would never talk to me. Are you in bed? He, he took a cat of nine tails and he whipped the den of thieves up one side and down the other. We don't know what he said. See, God does love you, but he's not always nice to you or us. He's not always nice to us. He loves us, but he's not always nice to us. He loves us, but he doesn't always like us. <clears throat> There's a difference. I can love you all day long. I just may not like your heart condition. Brings us to 40, Psalms 43, 1 through 5. And the Lord says, You will trust again, but keep trusting in Him. Don't let the depression in. Don't give in to that thing because of the time that this test is taking. He's faithful. He's going to finish it. It's almost done, by the way. But as, as a society, <clears throat> I think this is coming in because we're dealing with so much right now. People are exhausted emotionally, physically, psychologically. And they're beginning to wonder how to cope and deal with what they're going through. <clears throat> they're not finding answers at church like they need to or like they used to. So many are turning back to old ways or vices etc. Instead of continuing to believe and hang in there, is this you? Because of the truths now coming out about those they thought they knew. Wow. <clears throat> Let me ask you this, just honestly. If you haven't been coming forward into all truth, what are you going to do? For those of you who haven't been choosing to get cleaned up from you, what are you going to do when truth starts really ratcheting up, when God starts really pulling the bride closer, guess what? That's going to affect you. How are you going to cope with that? You're going to have a meltdown, mental health crisis. What are you going to do? Run away, go jump into alcohol or things you used to do. 
That's not going to save you. This is why God wanted to bring you into freedom, to rid you from you. These ridding us from us or ridding me from me or you from you thing was ridding us from the weaknesses that would hinder us from being able to cope as we come into this new place of operating in the ancient of days. It gets very basic when you come close to God. It gets very basic. It gets very truthful the closer you get to God. When truth walks in the room, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And it actually, it is absolutely baffles me by some of the things I'm seeing leaders say or be, or even the sheep for that matter. They act like a bunch of buffoons. Not all. But thinking that God's just going to make room and he's just going to let them come inside, grave clothes and all. Like, no, get away from me. I don't know you. You don't look like me. You don't act like me. You don't, you don't listen to what I say or see. You just want what you want. You came in with a, an unrealistic expectation for one, but for two, you came in with hidden agendas. Did you really come to serve me, says the Lord, or just to serve you? Because this is really what's being depicted right now. We're seeing who's who. Whew. You know, I could say something on here, but I, I won't. Mm-mm. I'm not going to go there. No. It's amazing. Can I go there? Some? Can you show me how to say this in a way, Father God? I can't say names, but... I'm seeing such lack of integrity this hour. <clears throat> I think that's the hardest thing for us to cope with is the lack of integrity. See, God is coming back for a pure, spotless bride. And he's coming back for people who understand the good, true nobility, true integrity. People who will lay their life down for a friend. This is, these are things that America used to know. Public servants, for that matter. They weren't in it. Put on a big, big show. Especially our leaders. They weren't in it to and, and I think one of my close friends said it best when she said, You know, Missy, because I was I was looking at the internet the other day, I was looking at YouTube and she said, Do you realize that all these church leaders, it's like they want to be celebrities? <laughs> Jesus became a celebrity because of his supernatural power. And and he didn't intend to be. He just wanted to draw all men unto him in that hour. That's all he wanted to do. But when we have people making, uh, abusing their authority and, and telling the sheep what they think that they see instead of seeking the true king's decree, then we've got as a bunch of hypocrisy and heresy. And so I believe right now people are on information overload. It's no wonder they're depressed. It's no wonder. Taking you back to Esther and Bathsheba, it, it, it makes me wonder how these women coped in their hour. I wonder what went through Bathsheba's mind. I, went, I wonder if she thought, is he going to do right by me? Is he going to be true? Is, is he going to um, do what he said he would do? Because he's put me in a real horrible position. And then we switch over to Esther, and she goes through a year of preparation. She's sleeping with the king. She's a concubine. Getting prepared. He wasn't made queen yet. Go read your book. Go read the Bible. Quit 
assuming through moral superiority and, and not being able to deal with the facts of what you're reading, but it's adding to and taking away from. We're not doing that here. God is a practical God. These are real life issues that they deal with in their time. But I don't think anybody's ever looked at this side of it, just like we talked about the side of Vashti, where she was deposed for having integrity. See, it will cost you to stand up for what's right in this hour. She wasn't going to be paraded around naked in front of a bunch of drunken, scummy men. When her husband was completely out of his mind that night, probably shouldn't have even been doing that. Well, no, he shouldn't have. No. Not to mention, why would you summon your wife, of all people that you're supposed to honor? So we're coming back, you know, to understanding the truth between the truth and a lie. Do you make up the rules as you go along, or do you just stand the old by and by? You like the hypocrisy, and you like all the fake Christianity? Hmm. But God's about to expose everything here. But if you've been faithful like Job, we're going back, we're on track. Your conscience is clear before a holy God. Your conscience should be clear, and don't be quick to dismiss yourself either. You've got some of this stuff going on, you need to ask God. God, what do you say about this? Some things, he's like, you know what? Mm, not a biggie to me. I want you to clean this up over here. Do this for me. And you'll start noticing things start in your spiritual atmosphere get really, really clear. But I would have to, I would have to be honest before him. And, and along with the depression or the loss and the loneliness, whatever it is, bring it before the king. Because I know it's going to cost us to stand in this place if we want to see what the king sings or hear what he has to say. You want to get your life back. That's the way to do it. But clean us up, God, to be the bride you want us to be. That we can come inside holy and respectfully. And you look at yourself in the mirror. When you look at yourself in the mirror, or do you? are you always afraid of what People might see, oh, if they see me through the prophetic lens, they're going to know who I am. And some of these people, let me tell you what I've been dealing with. Some of these people use the word to cover their sin. They pray that God will hide this part of them. Or they use witchcraft. It's all witchcraft, to be honest with you. And, I, and when I'm seeing this stuff in the spirit, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And now we have prophets coming up alongside of apostles and leaders who have platforms, trying to build their own platforms so they're going to compromise and get involved in things they have no business being involved in, plagiarism, stealing revelation, thinking God doesn't take offense to that. So now they're all going to get judged. It's through the, the curse of dishonor. People will always try to justify their sin. But see, I can look at God with a clean conscience. I can look at him and say, you know what? You, I know you called me to this. I know you called me what to say and what to do. So what we have a bunch of people doing right now is a lot of the people who want to stay in the old by and by, they go run back to people. People congregate uh, to people like themselves. You draw people to yourself like yourself. It's the law of attraction. And so if, if you want to stay scummy and you want to stay dirty and outside, then I... I I invite you to stay in the old by and by. Please go.
Bye. See you later. Have a nice life. You'll just stay outside. No wine, no firepower. And, and we're just going to keep moving on through because that's where we're going. That's where I'm committed to, to going to right now. That's why I know God's taken us. Cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. But that's taking uh, effort, too, to get cleaned up, make sure I'm rightly aligned in him. But these are the things we're running into. People trying to justify sin and trying to think that so make themselves okay. Let them let their consciences be okay with their sin, pretending like God's okay with it. He's not okay. A lot of you are about to get judged. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a huge fall. The higher you up, the higher you are, the, the harder you fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Or male and female, if you're a leader doing this kind of crap in this hour. Because now God's bringing in the truth prophets. He's bringing in the, the judgment prophets. That's the 11 or 12 o'clock hour. We're on the scene right now. We can't help but be who he's called us to be. I'm not making excuses. I wear a black hat. I don't like it, but it's just business to me. I'm about my father's business. So I'm not here to be your judge, but I'm saying what he says. And there are others like me. So it's time to get cleaned up if you're serious about sitting alongside of him. Which brings us to Proverbs 22, 8 through 9. And it says, whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, and the rod they weld in fury will be broken. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they shall share their food with the poor. What side are you on? You know where you stand. Are you concerned about where you stand? Because it's important for this new level we've just entered into. And I've never really actually used I come on these revs, but I've never felt like a sense of urgency like I feel today. God's like, it's, it's about to start occurring. You're feeling the crescendo rising up on the, in the natural, whatever happens on the government mountain, the TRUMP 45 is what's happening to the body of Christ. Those that are obedient only. So you can gauge what's going on in the spirit and in the natural at the same time. You need to get rightly aligned. You need to get right in line. But I'm really, really pleased with you guys. I hope you guys are having yourself a great Tuesday. I want to remind you on September. Let me see if I can get on here. Shoot, man, did I pull this off? We're going to be having September the 7th. Brett J. Starling is going to be on my show at 7 p.m. CST. You're going to uh, want to make sure you join us for that. Brett's a phenomenal friend, phenomenal prophet. He's going to be talking about Renaissance America. This is what he's seeing prophetically over America. If you know what the word Renaissance means, it means we're going back to a nostalgic way, a way, the old ancient of days. And so you're going to want to join us for that. I also want to uh, let you know about my new book coming out with uh, Margaret Rowe. I want to thank Margaret for being our sponsor wrote a really cool book about going through the hurts of life. Just a conversation away. It was about my cousin who died of pancreatic cancer. His name was Brett Rowe. Uh, and then we also got our forward written by Jack Sacco. If you know who Jack Sacco is, we want to thank him. Uh, he's a phenomenal uh, director, composer, as well as an author. He's an award-winning author. So you're going to want to check out this book. But we, we're excited to get this thing to you. It's in publishing right now. And so I'm just excited. We're hopefully it's going to be out in about a month when we can also tell you the link to where you can go buy it. But if you're hurting, you want some 
good logical advice, just good common sense advice. That's what we're talking about, about when you deal with loss. And so until I see you on Friday, you go have yourself a great Tuesday. Enjoy the flowers behind me. And I'll be looking forward to seeing you then. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.